So, uh, good morning. Good to be with you. You know, there's something that happens when God gets hold of our heart. You know, when we surrender to him, uh, we become so transformed by his love that we want then to do everything possible to share that love or for other people also to experience that same love that has transformed our lives. There's a story, and it's, a, it's an old one, um, but it's, I, I want to share it again. I, I remember hearing it some time back by uh, a guy called Tony Campolo. And Tony Campolo was a pastor and an author and a, a professor emeritus at uh, Southeastern University. And, and uh, he tells this story about a few years back when he was in Hawaii and he was attending a conference. And having traveled all that way, he found himself awake in the middle of the night or actually the early hours of the morning at three in the morning looking at the ceiling and unable to sleep. And so he decided to go out and find a place that he could get something to eat. So he went out and he walked along the streets and eventually came across a small coffee shop where he thought, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get, I'd say the full English, but it wasn't that. It was, you know, the bacon, eggs, sausage at three in the morning. And um, anyway, in he goes. When he got in there, the establishment was not one of the best, and so he changed his mind about the full breakfast and decided he'd go for something simple. The guy behind the counter was in a rather greasy apron and looked like he probably hadn't washed uh, for some time, so he looked at the thing that he thought was safest, and he said, oh, I'll have one of those donuts. Well, he said the guy wiped his greasy hand on his apron and went in and put his thumb on the donut, put it on a plate, and, and served him. So Tony's then sitting there drinking his coffee and eating his thumb-impressed donut, and when suddenly in through the door, just after 3 o'clock, come this band of uh, rowdy, uh, excitable uh, people, women, who uh, had actually been working through the night. And they were some of the street workers that, were, that regularly used this place. And so there was a lot of noise and commotion and swearing. And then Tony thinking, oh, my word, I think maybe this is time for me to leave this place. But these women sat down either side of him on the stools, and the swearing continued, and the laughter and the banter. And one lady beside him, turned to the other lady beside her and said, huh, you know what, tomorrow's my birthday. And the lady beside her said, well, what do you want me to do about it? Do you want, you want me to make you a cake or something? Do you want us to sing you happy birthday? And he said, oh, don't be mean. I'm just telling you it was my birthday. I don't expect anyone to do anything for me. Nobody's ever done anything for me. Well, at that point, Tony says he made a decision. He waited until the ladies left. And, uh, and eventually, after they'd left, he said to the guy behind the counter, whose name turned out to be Harry, he said, um, do they come in here very often? And Harry said, oh, yeah, every night, on the dot, same time. And he said, well, look, I've got this idea. That lady uh, that said it was going to be her birthday, he said, oh, yeah, Agnes. He said, well, what if we held a party for her tomorrow night? It's her birthday. At this point, Harry wiped his greasy hands again on his apron and, and, and smiled and said, yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could, yeah, why, yeah, why not? Nice idea. And... Uh, so Tony said, look, I can, I can go out, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow, I'll get in here a bit earlier, I'll, we'll get some decorations, we'll get the word out, and let's, let's throw her a birthday party. And uh, by which time, Harry calls from his wife, who came out from the kitchen, and Tony was grateful then that he had really just ordered the donut, but as she came out, he said, look, we're going to do this, we're going to do a, this guy's had a, a we're going to do a party for Agnes, and, and I said, oh, that's a lovely idea, I'm going to make, why don't I make a cake? Anyway, the plans were set, Tony said goodbye, and did, as he said, the following day he came back, the same time of the early hours of the morning, 2.30, just before, enough time to set up the thing. He had some 
cardboard signs saying, happy birthday, Agnes, and everything's set up, and they decorated this cafe. Three o'clock on the dot, just after three hours, the, the same thing happened. And it, but actually, the place was full by now because word had got out on the street that this thing was going to happen. And so the place was buzzing. Agnes came in, and as she came in through the door with her friends, as she always does, suddenly the room erupted, and, and everybody started singing, happy birthday, Agnes, and clapping and singing happy birthday. Well, Agnes at this point stood there almost you know, knees buckling because she had never been on the receiving end of so much love and care and attention. At which point, Harry came out holding the flaming birthday cake, and, uh, and everybody started singing happy birthday. Agnes then burst into tears, and Harry thought, what, a, you know, what, a, what have I done wrong? But she just stood there, and he said, well, in the nervousness, well, here's your cake, Agnes, cut it up, happy birthday. And she just stood there holding this cake. And she looked at Harry and said, Harry, do you, do you mind if we, can we just wait for a minute? Like, before I, can we not cut it just yet? He said, well, yeah, I mean, sure, do what you want. I mean, take it home if you like. She said, can I? He said, well, yeah, it's your cake. She said, oh, I, I just live down the road. So she, thank you, I, I'll be back, but I, thank you. And anyway, off she went. And uh, she took her birthday cake home. At this point, Tony Campolo, who had this idea, as Agnes had left, decided to take uh, the chair. And he stood up on a chair, and he said to everybody, hey, guys, why don't we pray for Agnes? And he prayed. He prayed for her, that God would bless her, that she would know his love, and that she would feel his love uh, from that day. Now, at this point, the, the semblance on Harry's face changed. It was like suspicious and a little irritated. Like, huh, I didn't know you were a pastor. What sort of church do you go to? And in one of those brilliant moments that I don't have often enough, Tony came up with the perfect words and said, I guess the sort of church that throws parties for prostitutes at three in the morning in coffee shops. To which Harry said, huh, that church doesn't exist because if, if that sort of church was out there, I would go. When God takes hold of our hearts, something happens. We get so transformed. We are so overwhelmed that we want to do everything we can to be able to share that love so that others can experience the same. This morning we're talking, we're continuing on, our, on the series about where we're looking at values, good foundations, and the values that make Granville Chapel who we are. And these are the things that we, that we are founded upon. But you know, these values, although they're written down, and if you, if you haven't checked them out, you can find them on their website, but these are the things that we're, we're covering, that we've been covering over these last few weeks. But, you know, they're only as good as we truly live them out. Because we can say that, you know, oh, I, I really value healthy eating, but if we decide every day that we're going to eat pizza and McDonald's, then... So what is it that we truly value? What are the things that undergird our church. This week, I want to look at two of those. And the first one is about loving one another. And our value is stated in this way. We provide a welcoming, safe, and accepting place where people experience genuine community and extend our Heavenly Father's love in practical ways to those in need. You see, these values are only truly our values to the extent that we live them out. So, I'll ask you now, what sort of church do you belong to? What sort of church is this? 
And as you think about that, I want you to consider, just for, just for a couple of minutes, when people ask you about this church or your experience, what do you say? What are the, what are the stories that you share? And I want to just give you a minute now, and if, and if you're new and you're sitting next to somebody that you don't know, you can, you, and they, this is an opportunity for them to say, hey, welcome to Granville Chapel, and this is what I love about this church. But if you've been here for a number of years, I just want you to think right now, if I were to tell somebody what are some of my favorite stories about this community, what would I say to them? Okay? Can you do that? Okay? Well, there was some chatter, so that was good. Unless you were thinking about all the stuff you don't like, because then that just goes longer, right? Um, seamlessly, while you were talking, Taylor came and joined me on the stage. And some of you will know Taylor, uh, not all of you, because um, you've only been with us for a few months at Granville Chapel, right? But um, there are the things that we love about Granville, and that's what brings us. And maybe there are things that we're not so keen, and off we go. Taylor's leaving. <laughs> so I'm taking a risk. Um, but I see, I, I know, Taylor, that, uh, well, we've loved having you with us for these last few months, um, but it is an opportunity. I wanted to ask you, what has been your experience whilst you've been here uh, at Granville? It'd be lovely to hear. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, it truly is an honor just to be up here to share my experience with you guys. Um, I apologize in advance for being emotional. Um, that's only because my experience here at Granville has felt like coming home and coming to a family. Um, I've been living in Vancouver for the summer, uh, away from my family back in Ontario, and originally I arrived here with a friend, Marielle, who unfortunately had to leave halfway through the summer. But if she were here right now, she would agree with me um, that when we both arrived here, we never walked in unnoticed. We never walked in feeling like we could scoot out the back door because Paul or David or someone was running after us to say, hey, you coming to lunch? <laughs> There was no way of us <laughs> uh, leaving without having a hello or a goodbye. Um, the sense of love in this church and in this building was felt the moment I walked in. My friend Marielle and I, we walked, we were doing some what I like to call church shopping at the beginning of the summer, uh, trying to find the perfect place for the two of us to attend on Sundays. And uh, the moment I walked in this place, I just knew it was the one. I didn't even have to be invited by anybody. I didn't have to hear a sermon or anything. Before the sermon even started, I knew this was the place for me. Um, I think one of my favorite moments where I really felt God's presence working in the people of this church was when I was standing over there in the corner um, looking at the Bibles, because I don't have really a personal Bible for myself out here. It's a little too heavy to take on a, <laughs> take on a plane. Right? Um, but I was approached by Nikki, one of the um, people who lead the prayer teams, and uh, she came up to me and introduced myself, as probably half of you have here, um, within the short period of time I've been here, 
And she introduced herself and said, hi, I'm Nikki. I'd like to introduce myself and see, I've seen you around. Um, how are you doing? And I, you know, we talked and I said, you know, I'd, I've only been here for a month and I'd really love just to get involved. I'm only here to the end of the summer. Would there be any way I could do anything? And she turned around and I, well, I had said to her, well, I'd love to be a part of the praise team one day. Um, just one opportunity to sing with you. And she's like, funny thing is, I'm actually one of the praise leaders. And uh, God just put her right in front of me. And I sang just last week with the team. And I was brought to tears during that time because that's one of the biggest things I wanted to do while I was here. And I've never been so invested into a church in such a short period of time. And it truly is such an amazing, amazing family here. And I'm so sad to leave. Taylor, thank you. Um, I know you're leaving because you, you came here to study uh, just, for, uh, just for a few months, and you're going back to Ontario. You're going to complete your studies. Is that right? And, um, well, uh, the summer here I was working in BC Children's Hospital in the Genetics Research Laboratory, mm -hmm. and I'll be continuing, continuing 12 more months um, in Ottawa at the Hospital Research Institute there in a, a cancer a treatment lab. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, why don't we uh, why don't we pray? Uh, I don't need that. Why don't we pray uh, uh, for Taylor now? I'm going to ask you to extend your hand. We want to bless you on your way. We're grateful for uh, your time with us. You and Maria when she was with us, and uh, and also thank you for coming and well done for just getting stuck in as well. So uh, we want to bless you on your way. Do you want to pray with me as we uh, commission uh, Taylor once again? Father God, thank you uh, for Taylor. Thank you for. Uh, all that you have done in her life in the time that she has been here in Vancouver, Lord, thank you for her heart to serve you uh, in uh, a profession, Lord, where she can care and extend your love um, practically um, through, uh, yeah, through her care for others and those who are sick. And uh, Lord, may you use her powerfully uh, in this capacity, Lord. May you be a healer uh, through her. And I pray, Lord, too, would you increase in her still more as you uh, send her from this place. Father, would you fill her with your spirit? Uh, would you open the way as she heads back, uh, knowing that she would be received by a community that will also love her, care for her, uh, nurture and cherish her? Lord, we pray uh, your blessing upon her life now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. So... Um, you know, it's wonderful when we have stories to be able to share, and you, you know, you have your favorites. And depending on who, you, like I, you know, I, what some of the favorites from the last few years, I think, are you know the stories of Granville's response to the refugee crisis. Um, that the church responded actually was a response that came from you that said that approached uh, Andy uh, and said, "What well, you know, we got to do something about this." And as a consequence, there was you know an incredible outpouring of compassion that came in ways of giving financially and practically and gathering around that uh, as a church we were able to sponsor and support and then care for 10 uh, people that came in um, from overseas who were in situations of real vulnerability and risk. I, the stories that of the, these, are, these are some of the bigger things, but there are things that are going on all the time every week. It's, you know, baby showers. Uh, it's, it's meals for uh, for the families that are, that are just needing a bit of extra help. Maybe somebody is sick or somebody is traveling. It's, it's those that go out each week from here as a church that we care for and come alongside. It's, for me, some of, the, some of the best stories that come out of Granville are the ones that nobody really even talks about because these are the unsung, this is the unsung hero-ness of Granville Chapel, that people just, they just do this stuff. You guys just do this stuff, but it's, 
it just comes out of who you are. Nobody needs to know. It's just because of this great love that God has poured into you that you want other people to experience that. So when I think about some of the amazing work that happened in the DR uh, all those years ago and the churches today that exist because of the faithfulness of this community and the missionaries that went out and gathered people together and shared their lives and shared the love of Jesus with them that now has birthed many, many, many churches uh, in the Dominican Republic. It's things like Regent College that came out of a, of a heart to see people trained and, and, and equipped in handling the Word of God. Uh, and so Regent College has developed and, and, again, come out of this community and the giving and the Heart Calling Foundation. It's about people being serious, that the stories of that gathering around God's Word and studying. Um, and, and also something about this church is willingness and readiness to, to try new things. And, at time, and that means patience. Um, as, as, we, as we give it a go and we experiment with different things. There are, there are lots of stories that we have to share. And I hope when people say, oh, what did you do on Sunday? That we say, we say more than just, oh, I went to church. Or when we talk about what church is, we don't talk about what happens or we, will we meet on a Sunday from 10 to... But we talk about what God is doing through this community, through you, uh, by, the, by the empowering of his spirit. Because all of those stories, to me, sound like the words that we read in Colossians 3. You know, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, put these on, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, Paul says, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is how we work these values out. This is, this is how they are lived out. This is how they truly are getting under our skin and applied in our daily living. This, this week, actually, I had, actually, it was a few weeks ago, but I only just found the message. But there was somebody contacted me and said, oh, I'd heard about um, there's, uh, the modular housing situation. Um, lovely lady called me and said, who I, I spoke to this week, said, oh, I, we've got uh, one of these things that's going to happen in our community. There's all sorts of stuff happening, all kinds of commotion in the community, and yet I know as a church this was something that you were involved with, and I would love to be able to talk to you and you know, how you can just share from some of your experience. So we had a lovely conversation. But, you know, this is, this is the story of our church. You know, this is the church that cares. This is the church that challenges uh, perceptions and, and notions and the conformity of the world. And says, no, no, there, are, there is another way, and there is a better way. See, when God takes hold of our heart, we can be transformed by his love. And when we are we want to do everything that we can so that others can experience the same. And the second reading uh, that Andreas shared for us was from 1 Timothy, in which Paul says, I thank him, Jesus, who has given me strength because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. The amazing thing is, Paul goes on, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, and yet received mercy because I'd acted ignorantly in unbelief. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy. And for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. See, when God takes hold of our heart, when we surrender our lives to him, when we receive his love, we are so transformed by that love that we 
We want to do everything we can so that others can experience the same. I mean, what an incredible story of transformation that we see here. Paul quotes himself, or describes himself as blasphemer, insolent, and persecutor. And yet we know Paul as the super apostle evangelist and church planter. I mean, something major happened in his life. Our second value that I want us to talk about this morning, or think about this morning, is, is about transformed lives. We desire to see all people experience Jesus' transforming love, deepening their relationship with him, and effectively living out his plan and purpose for their lives. All people. We want, we want everyone to experience the transforming love of Jesus Christ. That's why we talk about, as in Granville, we want, to be, we want to be growing, but we want to be going. Sharing God's love with those who don't yet know him, that all people might experience his love. This is why, as a church, that we, we are committed to anything that enables us to share that love and to give people that experience. And, and one, of the, one of those uh, initiatives is um, Alpha. Right? And the reason why Alpha is something that we, wanna, that we, that we run or we, we, we create uh, opportunities for people to experience on a regular basis is because it, it embodies the values that we would hold dear. It's, it's a place of welcome. It's a place of acceptance. It's a place of care and of love and of hospitality. It's also where we experience and see incredible transformation, not just for those that come, but in all of us that are a part of it. Because Jesus has the power to transform lives. And we know that God is calling others to himself. And, and so Alpha, we're going to run Alpha again um, this fall. But as we started, as, as we did earlier in this year, we're going to do this um, out in the community. And we're going to create, um, we want numerous hubs uh, where we can create space where people can come in and be a part of this experience called Alpha, where they can explore together uh, the, the essential tenets of the Christian faith. But in a place that says, hey, you can come as you are. You can bring any thought or understanding. You can come from any faith or background or no faith at all. But we just want to create a space for you where you can explore those things together with others. And, and, and in that time, we're gonna, we're gonna, we can eat some food together. We're going to have some fun together. But God, you know, it's an opportunity for you to take the time to explore this. And, and so in the bulletin um, today, it, it says it again. And, and I was pleased. I received an email from somebody uh, this week saying, well, looking at this, I'm, you know, what, what would it look like to run it in my neighborhood? I'd really love to see it happen there. And I'm, and I'm also pleased that we're looking at um, an, an alpha that we're going to run uh, in Crofton Manor. Um, there's uh, an ESL alpha that Laverne is going to run in her home. Um, we've got you guys, uh, Sydney and uh, community group who were involved with the last alpha saying, yeah, we're, we're also going to do one in our, we want to do this again. What we saw, what we did in the coffee shop, we, we, wanna do, we, we think we can do that and probably better, right? So we're going we're gonna to run and do that. Okay, and, and so there are opportunities, and I want to extend that invitation because as these values are applied and as we live them out, what can we do to, to extend that same love, to extend that same grace and that hospitality that we ourselves have received? How can we create space that we who have been so transformed by the love of God can enable others to experience that same power and that same love. Okay, and we want to we simplify. That's just, this is the beautiful thing about um, the, the Alpha experience is that all the resources are available. And if you would like to know more about it, then come and talk to me. 
but it can be happening in the day, in the evening, at the weekend, in the time that suits you, for the people that you are trying to reach. We want to be able to resource you. We will support you. We will gather as a team. We will train together. We will uh, equip you and pray for you throughout for everything that you need. Uh, and also on the day, there's a day that we go away and we talk about, um, there's an opportunity to talk about and experience the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that. We're going to come together and we're going to do that together. So this is a wonderful opportunity and, and we're going to run this in the fall. It will start in October. We'll all start in the same week and we're going to track together, but we'll be on different days. But we'll all be tracking together and we'll be praying. And so this is a whole church initiative. And I want you to pray about how you might um, get involved. And maybe it will be, yeah, I'm going to run one at lunchtime in my in my workplace. Or maybe I'm going to do it at college. Maybe I'm going to make this happen um, there. Or, or there is a coffee shop near me. I could do something like that. But you know, we're just going to do it over coffee and muffins at lunchtime because that would work for the people that I'm trying to meet with. Okay, we, we want to come behind you. We want to support you. We want to encourage you. We want to equip you uh, and pray for you as you, as you go for this. And, and the really cool thing is that there is um, Alpha Canada have produced a new resource um, called Life Shared. And there are a series of some great video teaching resources. Uh, and I want to encourage all of the community groups, because I know that when you come back together in September, you're thinking, oh, you know, how do we start the year? Well, this is a resource that is all about how do we share life with others? How do we, how do we extend hospitality? What does it mean to welcome, create space, and invite others in? Okay, so I want you, uh, we're going to make this, these resources are available, uh, and for more information, you can contact me, and I will send you the link, or you can look it up and, and download everything that you need to be able to run that with your community group. And in October, uh, we'll be going for Alpha. Why is that? Because we desire for all people to experience Jesus' transforming love. We want them to deepen their relationship with him and effectively live out his plan and purpose for their lives. Okay, so that's just one way in which we can uh, do that. And this is a little bit of what it looks like. This is the Life Shared resource. I think in general, people feel pretty overwhelmed with the idea of evangelism. I had believed that God could save anyone because he saved me, I got that. But what would change my life and the trajectory of where my life would go is when I realized that God could use me to help save someone. We want to look at how we can all play a part in seeing lives transformed around us. We're going to look at themes like invitation and hospitality and prayer and what it could mean for us to share our lives and our faith with others. We all have a part to play and God is so well pleased to use every single one of us. And as soon as I change the question even, it changes my posture and then everything becomes easier. And there would be an, an inbreaking of love and welcome, and that may be what we're called to do as followers of Jesus in our time. I was just being like faithful, it's like God's call, and that looked like inviting you, and then he like did the rest, and he like obviously like does so much for your life. And then when she asked me to baptize her, I was floored, it was really exciting. It changed my life, like, 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 it changed everything for me. So I want you to think, and I, and I do want to encourage you to think and pray about how you can be involved. And one of the first things, oh, I don't feel ready for that. Well, then that makes you one of the best candidates. Because, uh, you know, some of our best hosts and facilitators are the people that uh, maybe they've only just done, they've done Alpha once, or they've never done it until they come fully well recognizing their need. Lord, Lord, help me. And, uh, and that's, that's the way to start. There's something 
that when God takes hold of our hearts, when we surrender our lives to him, we are so transformed by that love that we, can, we want to do everything we can to be able to share that love with others so that they can experience the same. That lady at the end, she said, it changed everything for me. And these are the stories of, that are happening around the world through Alpha, but there are stories that we're hearing that we've heard in our own community, how everything has changed after meeting Jesus. In meeting Jesus, everything changes. That was, that was my experience. I mean, think about your own experience. But, you know, before that, there's always that piece of saying, you know, like, my life before, and I've, told, I've shared this story with you before, but there was always that question, like, no, I don't think church, Jesus is for me. I think I'm kind of out of that plan because my life is this. This is who I am. This is what I do. And so this is who I am. I see church over there. I don't see how the two can come together. And then you read these words of Paul, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. And so I had my opinion of, of church and what it meant to be a Christian, but then as I was presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ and as I surrendered my life, everything changed. And all the things that I thought were who I was, the things that I did that I thought made me who I was, they changed. I was overwhelmed by Christ's mercy and his love. Uh, I experienced everything that that lady experienced, that everything changed. So it turned out that that wasn't me at all. But here's the thing. All these years later of following Jesus, I could be, we could be in the same danger of repeating the same thing. This is me. This is who I am. I go to church. I read the Bible. I'm not part of a community group. I serve. I do this. And yet, God isn't finished with any of us. As I was reading, and you know, as we prepare and, and pray, and I mean, all of us were just very aware that, you know, in other words of Paul's in Romans seven, you know, Paul says, you know, I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law. You know, there are things that I want to do and I don't do it. There are things that I, I, I. I don't do that I know I should do. I mean, Lord, you know, you, there's still work to do. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 18, and we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I love how Eugene Peterson says it in the message. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. See, when this are being transformed that we read about in 2 Corinthians, it is an ongoing transformation. It's not just that one moment of coming to faith and saying, yes, Lord, I surrender to you, I follow you, but it's an ongoing work that God wants to do. I think, I think actually there would be a good reason, maybe we should do it, you know, we should have a load of hard hats out there in the foyer, so as we come into church, we all put on a hard hat, right? Because this is a construction site. We are all under construction, right? God has not finished with any of us. There is still some way to go. And we've heard about, you know, the idea of, you know, running a race and false starts, you know? We, you know they're running, the gun hasn't gone, and they've all... They, but I think there are, there are things as well called false finishes, right? There, are, there is such a thing as a false finish, and I experienced it. You know, I, I was running this um, event. This uh, it was a half marathon a few um, a few months ago, 
And uh, I was kind of getting into the final bits of it, and I looked to the end, and I thought, probably in the sweat, bleary, delirious stage that I was at in my vision, I thought, there's, there's the end, there's the finish. But as I got closer, I realized it wasn't the finish. It was just some people who were standing and cheering people on, but a lady in a very bright red shirt that looked like the finish thing where they flashed the tires. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, she was there to cheer us. I was like, oh, thank you. And I realized that I had another 2K to go before the end of the race. Oh. So, you know, there's, it's not time to run up, to hang up your running shoes just yet, right? We, we, we surrender our lives to Jesus, but this transformation that he seeks in all of us is ongoing. None of us have finished. We, uh, we shared at the beginning uh, this morning, uh, and we're experiencing as a community right now, there's a, there's a loss. You know, we, we, we grieve uh, the passing of some faithful members of this community who were foundation, they were the pillars uh, in, in, the, in the formation of this church. Um, this, this past week, uh, Joy Armadine, and, and before that, Andy Reid, wonderful, faithful men and women of God who ran their race well. You see, they, they finished their race, right? But we still have some way to go. So it's that transforming power of God that we need and we seek and we desire in our lives. And that's what we want to be uh, about. So, I mean, I know if I, if I think back to the running thing, I know that training is hard and it takes discipline and it's hard work. Get out in the rain and the cold and the snow and, you know, everything aches and you don't want to do it, but, it, but we do it. And sometimes you think, am I applying that same determination to my walk with Christ? To the extent that I'm prepared to put up with a bit of pain and discomfort. You see, I think it's true for our spiritual vibrancy that, that these are the things, we, we, we push ourselves, but we seek God, Lord, help me, help me, change me, fill me. How is it then, just some practical things, how do we keep going, how do we get that last thing, we, we know we haven't finished, we've still got some way to go, what do we need in, to experience this transformation to avoid false finishes? Well, we need the truth. And it's where it all begins. John 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. You know, we need to be doers of the word. We need uh, to not, not just to know the word, but to apply it to our lives. How do we live this out? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so if we, when we need the truth, what we need is, and Jesus says being the truth, it's a person. It's not just information, but we, it's about relationship with Jesus. And that's where it all begins. If we want to experience transformation in our lives, and maybe for some of us today, maybe we're visiting for the first time. Maybe we haven't been in a church before today. But if what has brought you here today is a desire for change, that you know that there is more, or you long for something more, it begins here in the person of Jesus. And I would encourage you to think about your response to him. We need, to, we need to think differently. If we want to experience this transformation, again, Paul in Romans 12 says, not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we think, well, what is it that feeds our mind? What are we feeding our mind with during the week? How, how are these thoughts changing me? Are, they me? are they leading me closer to him, or are they leading me further away? What feeds our mind? Are we being more conformed to the world around us or transformed by the word within us? We need to 
If we want to experience the transformation, it means that it starts with Jesus. We need to feed on his word, and we need to, if we hold on to Jesus, that means there are things that we've got to let go of. Maybe there are some habits that just, we just know we need to let go of. How we use our time, where we spend our money and our resources. Okay, and this, this is some of the training that actually is quite hard. Why is it hard? Well, because they're habits, right? They're ingrained in us. It's hard because at times our identity becomes wrapped up in us. Like, oh, this is, this is who I, I guess this is me. It's hard because actually some of these things, there's a sense of reward and satisfaction in them, though we know that that's not fully true or all that God has for us. And it's hard because there's also a battle going on and because Satan wants to keep you in the grips of that weakness. Anything that would take you away from the fullness of life that Jesus has for you. Jesus said that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He has come that we can have life and have it in abundance. But we need to believe that God has more for us. That, that can we stand in faith and believe that maybe we're not finished? Maybe God hasn't finished with us and that, that there is more. We can break from this that we're living right now. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, it's always been this way. I've been battling this for years and it's never going to change. Well, let me break that off you now in the power of Jesus that that it can, if you can believe, if you trust, and as we surrender our lives to him, that we can be transformed by that love, by that power of the Spirit. I love there was one of, one of the comments again in that little video clip was uh, somebody said, well, because God did that for me, I believe that he can do it for anyone and everyone. See, I uh, like Rick Warren made this comment. He said, oh, the person that says, I can, and the person that says, I can't, they're both right. They're both right. Because we know that apart from God, we, we can't do anything. But we also know that in him, we can do all things. So, both from John 15, 5, and Philippians 4, 13, look, I can't do this. Willpower is not going to cut it. Just determination is not going to cut it. But I know that in Christ, all things are possible. And as I surrender myself to him, as I surrender my life to him daily, throughout the day, that all things are possible. And so that brings us back, and I just want to finish off where we really began, like the sort of church uh, that we belong to. I think Andy, on the first morning that he started at Granville Chapel, Chapel um, stood up and said, we're a community of broken people, and you've heard that again and again over the years, that, that that's who we are. And that somebody I met with who uh, was a, isn't part of the church today, but he, re- he was talking to me the other day and saying he remembered that day, and he described it as it felt like what a gift to that community to be able to, to, to acknowledge and, and to, to be in that position, to say, yeah, we're, we're broken. And the importance of understanding uh, our brokenness. You see, yes, we are broken. You know, life's bumps and scrapes and disappointments. You know, we, we, we crave, we go, we, we, we try and seek some kind of comfort and healing, all sorts of different things. We're not fully who God uh, has made us to be, but we're becoming more like him. And though we are broken, we are securely and expertly held in the hands of the one who made us and who is in the business of making all things new. 
And for that to happen, we need this sort of church. We need this sort of community. We need one another. We need an honest and gracious community that we understand we can live in and out of the grace of God in the same way that we can extend his grace and his mercy to others, that they can receive the same. Because it is in such community that we are transformed as we love one another and seek to build one another up. That happens through our prayer and our support, through, through friendship and kindness, through the stories that I shared as we, 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 we the forbearance and patience and understanding. If you're, if you're new to this church, or maybe you've been here for a while, but you're not connected, you know, we have community groups. We have DNA groups. There are times in the week or in the month there are opportunities to build closer relationship than you can establish on a Sunday morning where you get a chance to really go deeper and explore and invite God to do more uh, in you. Another quote from Rick Warren. He says, we all make mistakes, but while the world rubs it in, friends rub it out. I like that one. So as we finish, maybe I just want to ask these questions. That some of us this morning may be feeling a little bit stuck. Maybe we're just in a place of disappointment. You know, it's not, I'm not experiencing that transformation. I'm not, this is not working out in the way that I had hoped. I'm not yet all that I think I, I want to be. Maybe there's shame. Maybe there are doubts. Maybe for some of us, there's hurt, frustration, or even fear. Well, these are all things that could describe any one of our experience in this community because we are a community of broken people. But more than that, and most significantly, Jesus says that when two or three of you gather together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. I'm going to invite Shayla up in the share communion. The greatest love ever known to mankind is displayed, and we celebrate that today as we celebrate the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus.